This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. Our health series continues. This time, we focus on the Eastern Cape. In a province riddled with poor service delivery, inadequate infrastructure and failing leadership, emergency medical service workers have to deal with ambulances with little to no basic supplies. Run out of oxygen? No problem, simply open a window. It sounds like an exaggeration, but as McFarlane Maledi finds out, this is exactly what so many paramedics in the region are resorting to. Meanwhile, a community in need of emergency assistance is left to pay an unimaginable price. This story was produced for Carte Blanche by Sinitemba Nogure. The story came about after I was approached by desperate EMS workers who serviced the most rural parts of the Eastern Cape. Uh, they spoke of the challenges they faced in trying to deliver services to the most vulnerable in the province. They painted a shocking picture actually, um, first of all, they didn't have basic equipment like oxygen tanks. They spoke of not having enough ambulances, um, their working conditions were simply appalling. So we went down to the Eastern Cape and spent five days speaking to communities and healthcare workers and I'm afraid the situation was worse than we expected. You open the windows so that the person can get air. This is the shocking state of ambulances that are meant to serve 7 million people in the Eastern Cape. In town after town, village after village, people tell us the same story. No ambulances. Access to emergency medical services and healthcare is enshrined in our constitution, but it seems for many people living in rural parts of the Eastern Cape, these rights do not apply to them. Twachamouth on the Wild Coast is about as remote as you can find, with East London a four-hour drive south, and Tata a hundred kilometers north. The availability of an ambulance here can become a matter of life and death. This is not a good place. We are starving because we have to pay for private transport. Nosintu Ntenteni grew up here and in September last year she really needed an ambulance. She was about to have her first child. I first called the ambulance and it didn't come. I didn't even know I was in labour. My waist was painful. It was about 12 p.m. in the evening. I gave birth at 3 a.m. in the morning. I wrapped the baby. She still needed to get to a hospital over an hour's drive away. I called a taxi driver called Babalo. They got here at 7 a.m. I only got to the hospital around 8 a.m. Can you imagine in our bed or dead road if 
somebody is pregnant, it's bumping at the back of the buggy. And of course, some they gave the bath in back of the buggy. Community leader Pumzilam Sakho has been part of a desperate struggle to bring medical services here. In 2013, we went all the way to East London. The Human Rights Commission panel was there. We explained how life is critical here. The Human Rights Commission uh, did the report. It tells you exactly what's supposed to be done. I can tell you that none of them has happened. The 2015 Human Rights Commission report detailed the shocking state of EMS for the province's rural communities and recommended improving the conditions of the ambulance fleet and their response. And they said people deserved better. People are dying while there are ambulances which are supposed to come and there is no hope. Over 300 kilometers inland at Fort Beaufort, I meet Mzamani Mgwantashe, a passionate EMS worker for over seven years. Mzamani risked dismissal speaking to us because for him, the situation has become unbearable. The community is suffering because the ambulance does not have the equipment and we've been trying. We are covering 120 villages with two ambulances. But Mzamani, have you ever been in a position where you went to go try and help someone and you didn't have equipment. Can you maybe explain to me what happened? There was a call that came in from Victoria to East London transferring patients. They didn't have an oxygen tank and the patient died on the way because there was no oxygen. Because no oxygen. We've tried to prioritize EMS services and do the best we can with the resources at our disposal. Throughout the years, the Eastern Cape Department of Health has been dogged by maladministration and corruption, repeatedly coming close to collapse. Appointed a year ago, the new head of department, Dr. Rolene Wagner, says they're barely getting by. Across the years, the budget allocations to the health department in the Eastern Cape has decreased. There are 447 vehicles that we have within our fleet. Within those, we have around 324 that are operational. Even if you have an operational ambulance, you need sufficient crew to man the ambulances. We have around 2,000, just over 2,200 staff. The National Department of Health Standards for Emergency Medical Services make it clear that ambulances should be adequately equipped at all times, but it's seldom the case here. This is the only checklist we used to use. It's the state of the vehicle on one side and the equipment that should be here on the other side. For example, a trauma board, that's here. Oxygen tanks, small and large, are not here. This is where the oxygen is supposed to be. There is no stretcher. So basic thing like oxygen, echo, and that's obviously important if somebody's in danger. Yes, you open the windows, so that must get... You the, open the windows the for windows, oxygen? Yeah, so we <laughs> are improvising, mm -hmm. you see. So that is why we manage. But you can't even, you can't improvise, improvise oxygen. Opening windows does not help. And when you have cases of pregnant women, if they unfortunately give birth on the way, you can't cut the umbilical cord because you don't have surgical blades, because you don't have a maternity pack. 
It's either they cut it at the hospital or you use what you have. When we spoke to some of the workers, some of the um, ambulances that, they, that they've been given do not have equipment. I mean, a simple thing like an oxygen tank in, in, in one of the ambulances was nowhere to be found. Some of the stories moved me to tears as well. So I understand that when you're passionate and you want to provide of your best, you need the tools of trade to do so. And, and we, we made an undertaking, and, and I've been quite unequivocal as the accounting officer. If they are reporting it and it is not being attended to, they must please escalate it so that we can assist. Mzamani is one of more than 200 members of the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union who for the last four months have been reporting for duty but have not been responding to emergency calls as a protest. Under the cover of darkness, they invite us to join a night shift in the small town of Alice, 20 kilometers away from Fort Beaufort. I am met by a shocking sight. So some of the working and living conditions that the emergency services guys are complaining about. I mean, it's unbelievable that they've got no place to relax, no place to rest while they're waiting for calls. Workers here tell me that three of their five ambulances are idle and the other two have just come back from a repair workshop and are still not equipped, making them useless. So the idea was to hang out with emergency services workers and see the pressures and the conditions under which they work. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen because one, the area that we're in doesn't have networks, so they can't get any cell phone communication. And the press and talk that they use also doesn't work. These devices rely on patchy networks in the area. A lot of the time when emergency services go, goes on strike, people from the outside will look and say that you're selfish, you're putting people's lives at risk. What do you say to that statement? When you take an empty ambulance, you have to write a statement as to why the patient has died. And it remains to be seen whether you are charged or not. So you can be put to blame yes. for equipment that's not there. He got sick in May, and they told me the ambulances aren't strike. I had to hire a car to take him to the hospital. This situation has left many chronically ill patients like Mteteli Majombolwana and his sister, also his caregiver, Patelwa, in crisis. We took him to Port Alfred Hospital. That's when they found a brain tumor. That's what led to his blindness. He was too weak and he couldn't even walk. It scares me. What if he were to die? Seizures can lead to death. It scares me. Shockingly, Mzamani alleges that in trying to meet the quality assurance test to declare their ambulances fit for service delivery, the Department of Health is cutting corners. The reason that we are in this situation is the department and the installed equipment in the ambulances. They took pictures and showed that this is the sort of equipment that ambulances should have. After that, they took out the equipment. The allegations that are on the ground is that ambulances are fitted with the equipment, passed, then removed and taken to the next one. 
to the next one to the next one so that they can look like yeah. they have been certified to be able to be operational. For me, that is fraud. I view it as fraud as well. And so we've directed that an investigation be launched to, to determine how the licensing exercise was done. And if there was fraud, we definitely will hold them. Um, uh, there will be consequences that will follow. At the same time, when we did ask, the explanation that was given was that the equipment is put into the vehicle, but there isn't enough space to store all of the equipment in the vehicle or because of the risk of theft. Wagner insists she will revive emergency care in the Eastern Cape. Our plan is within the next 10 years to systematically address all of the, the gaps that we have within in EMS. But until then, people like Mteteli and Nosintu will have to make other expensive and often risky plans when seeking critical emergency care. We're certain many of you can relate to the frustration of an ambulance simply failing to arrive. But in these rural Eastern Cape villages, a functioning, well-equipped ambulance has become something of a myth. Thanks for joining yet another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. Keep the conversation going online. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't forget to rate and review us. Your feedback is always appreciated. And subscribe to our podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode.